This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Tatiana Sawyer, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. I am glad you're here because if my listener has been listening for the past several days, I didn't have internet for like 52 or 53 hours. And as a productivity guy, it drove me absolutely insane. So I have not interviewed someone since last Friday and their episode came out on Saturday. So it is so refreshing to have someone else on the show except myself, which is kind of boring to see myself every day. So I appreciate you being the show. So who in the world are you? What do you do? I see you. Now, the audience can't see this because it's not it's not a, a video podcast, but you wrote a book called Dream Bold, Start Smart. So Tell us about your book. Tell us what you do in this world. So I actually manage a couple of businesses right now, um, and it's a little intense, but it's also very uh, rewarding. Um, Business number one is kind of what prompted the other businesses. I manage a boutique tax and accounting advisory firm in New York. I work with clients all over the country and international clients as well. Um, And I really love the geeky tax stuff. Um, (laughs) It's like one one of my favorite things, but I also am an author. So the book just came out recently, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, a course creator. So beyond um, you know writing a book and giving people a roadmap on how to manage um, money numbers and taxes in their business that they want to start or they just started, I also uh, provide educational component to that, which includes masterminds and and trainings and stuff like that. So and I really enjoy that. Now. What is, what do you mean when you say geeky tax stuff? So, um, a couple of years ago, about three or four years ago, I got trained as a tax planner. So before that I was in the same kind of traditional accountant bucket that many accountants are, and many still are, and will be for another couple of decades until it shifts a little bit. But the traditional accounting model has for years been, you know, you as an accountant to make a decent living, get three, 400 clients that you service once a year, maybe you do some bookkeeping along the way, and that's about it. And because you get so many clients, you don't spend a lot of time per client with client. So what happens is, you know, clients think that they're getting all this advice, but in in reality, what happens is that you honestly, nobody looks at your tax return for more than an hour or two hours a year. So, and plus, you know, when they look at your return, the year is already over. There is not much that can be done. There may be some deferral options for you, you know, some pensions, some other stuff, but, but your options are very limited once the year has been um, completed. So you think that your accountant is great because they're, you know, doing your taxes and doing them right. But, uh, and you maybe think that you are getting advice and some planning, but the the reality is that you don't. And because there is about two to 3,000 professionals in the country who do what I do. And I'll talk about that. But um, the rest of the accountants aren't. They're still in that traditional model. Many of them are still paper-based. Many of them are still physical meeting-based. And it's not a great model for for a client because you don't get the advice that you think you are um, getting. And it's not good for an accountant because you're always stressed out. All of your clients are crammed in this short period of time that has to get everybody filed. So um, three or four years ago, I got trained in tax planning. And what that means is I work with clients proactively throughout the year. We um, incorporate strategies to actually lower taxes, not 
prepare for the payment. Oh, I owe, you know, $200,000 in tax. I need to make sure that I have that money before, um, before the deadline. No, that's not tax planning. Tax planning is actually um, using some income shifting strategies, hiring your kids, hiring your relatives or people you support to get those deductions for your business. Um, maybe a restructuring entity so that you can maximize your tax benefits and so many more strategies. And all of these strategies are tax court approved. So we don't use risky or aggressive strategies. And frankly, charge your personal stuff to your business is not a strategy. Now, if you're listening to the show and you are in the United States, you have an extension on the tax filing deadline. And, you know, here's my opinion on tax filing. If I get money back, I file early. If I owe money, I, I file on the last day. It's just something I do. I don't want to give the government any more money any sooner than I have to because they have proven themselves incapable of spending your money wisely. And so I want to hold on to my money as long as possible. But I think the new date is May 17th or is it the 15th? It's the 17th. Um, and my recommendation, if you are in the United States, would be to get the information to the accountant the sooner the better. And you always have an option to saying, well, I want to pay on the last day. Okay where I want to file, but like, let them take the money in the last day. The reason is that the more, the closer you are to the deadline, the more busy the accountant is and the more error prone they are. So if you want to do it right, if you want them to not make mistakes on your taxes, get them the stuff early, but you can also say, you know, let's do the tax payment on the last day. Well, I got to applaud you. Anybody who is a nerd when it comes to numbers, I applaud you because we need people like you. I have to use like H&R Block or TurboTax because I, right now I'm not using accountant because my business is not that big enough yet. But I just I, I look at the numbers and the forms and I get glazy, uh, you know, my eyes get glazed looking at them. But people like you, you love this stuff. Like I love speaking. I love training. I love podcasting. So we all have our thing. So my hat's off to you and all your other colleagues who love the numbers there. I used to work with a guy, oh, another lifetime, about 25 years ago, and he was an accountant who could look at a spread instantly say this number is not right. And like, how do you do that? Because I've been doing this for years. I can just look at the numbers and know they're not right. So I, I really appreciate what you do because let's face it, in any industry, there are people who are really good and there are people that are really bad. And most people are in the middle. It's like kind of like the bell curve. But I, I don't know where you fall in. I, I don't know you that well yet, but I, I got to believe you're not one of those people on the, the, the left end, which are... Um, the not the clueless people. I got to believe that you are someone who is a, a person of integrity and you really love what you do. Absolutely. And the thing is that um, this, what I do doesn't necessarily only apply to people in the U S meaning yes, the tax laws that I kind of adhere to and follow and apply are U S based, but the analysis that I share um, is what you should have as a business owner. That's really what it comes down to. And um, what I do is not once a year type work because that's, like I said, it's not, it's a disservice to you and it's a disservice to me. So I work with a lot less, um, fewer clients, but more extensive work, more involved work. And, you know, we are so used to, and it's been like this for decades, we're so used to looking at a tax return or a tax filing as you know necessary evil. I have to get it done. I hate doing it. I hate paying someone to do it. I hate dealing with it. But I look at a tax return and I see an opportunity, an opportunity to put more money back in your bank account. 
That's what I see. And that's why my approach is different. That's why I work with people proactively. And we incorporate paper trail and money trail throughout the year so that if you ever get audited, you're all ready for it. Mm. And you actually proactively pay less in tax by using timing, by using income shifting and all these other creative strategies that we incorporate. You know, a lot of people have this uh, disdain of paying taxes. And a couple of years ago, I heard Grant Car- Cardone say something very, very uh, thought provoking. He said, you should want to pay more taxes because that means you're making more money. And when he said that, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's true. The more taxes you pay, the more money you're making, which means the better off you are. So if your tax bill is going up, I think you should cheer about that. What do you think? Um, I kind of agree with it, okay. but um, it's kind of like for me, it's 50-50 because on one hand, the old uh, mentality or let's say traditional mentality, um, it's yes, the, the more you pay, the better you are, the better you're doing. However, I think that there is a way to, to pay less while making more. That for me is the number one goal that I apply to every client. Hey there, it's Mark. And I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at mrproductivity.com. That makes a lot of sense. So let's let's pivot over to your book and and the startups because you know, we went through, we're still going through the pandemic of the COVID-19 pandemic, but a lot of people did very well in 2020. One of them is Jeff Bezos, but a lot of businesses were started back in the recession of 2008. So just because we're going through this global pandemic doesn't mean a lot of people aren't going to shine. I, I, see, I already see a lot of companies pivoting, they're redoing their businesses for me, you know, I'm no longer a speaker, so I'm doing everything online and now the technology. I mean, we couldn't do this. If this happened 60 years ago, we'd be sunk because there'd be no technology. And so I don't look at the COVID-19 as being so-called a bad thing. Now, if you got the virus, if you someone you know got the virus and died, yeah, that is very sad. But a lot of people are doing remarkably well. And I know this because I don't watch a lot of the mainstream media who just say the world's all coming to an end. We're all going to die. I I don't do that because I really believe that most people are doing pretty well. What do you think? Um, So most of my clients actually have had their best year yet, and they're not in necessarily in um, the hot um, industries like, you know, medical supplies or, or whatever. So I have had clients who are, or I have clients who are in fashion industry, which suffered tremendously, but they were able to pivot and, and pr- they were prompted to create other streams of income for their businesses. And because I helped them manage their cash better, plan their cash, understand what's happening, how to, how to tighten up the ship when they need to, because of that, many of them have really done a lot better than they've done before, which is, which is amazing. I love it. I mean, I love the fact that people were able to get out of that shock stage really quickly. A lot of businesses, you know, there is this um, crisis response curve. Um, I don't know who developed it. I've learned about it from Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First. And um, he talks about this curve starting kind of high up um, with the shock. So whenever the crisis starts, um, a person or a business or a CEO or whatever starts in a state of shock. I mean, everybody was shocked. There's no question about it. Um, then the curve starts kind of coming down to the desperate action. 
Um, and then it kind of bottoms or I guess levels uh, with the valuation stage. So the goal of being a better business owner, be, being a better CEO of your own business, even if it's a small business, you're still the CEO. So act like it. Um, the goal is to move through the stage of shock and desperate um, action into the evaluation stage, the quicker, the better. Because that's what exactly what my clients did. Not all of them did it quickly, as quickly as I would would have hoped, or not all of them did it as quickly as they could have. But many of them, especially those who have been in business for 20, 25 years, have really moved through it. And they've been through other crises before. And they said, well, it's just like in any other crisis. Let's see what we can do. Let's plan. That's the goal. And many businesses initially, um, and you might, Mike shared, um, I'm a big fan of his. I, I'm in the same group with him, with authors and stuff. And he shared that you know, in New Jersey, where he lives, many restaurants closed down instead of really tightening up their operations and seeing how they can make money still, maybe make even more uh, by doing deliveries, by doing classes, by doing other things. So um, that stage of shock and desperate action is dangerous. And if you don't know how to navigate it, or if you're, you know, nobody is going to be ready for it. I mean, realistically speaking, right? Um, nobody was ready for this situation to happen. Nobody was prepared for this. But um, it's just like any other crisis. Um, just move through this, so those stages. Take a few few days to, um, you know, to be depressed or be sad or whatever, and then get to work. I, I love that. That's gold. What you just said because back in uh, 2008, you know, there's companies called Uber and Lyft and uh, Airbnb came out, and people were complaining. I remember once we walked into our local Macy's that was closing their doors because everything's gone online. And Amazon started with just books. Now they sell almost everything and they adopted and they adapted and they improvise. And too many people, I think, are stuck in complacency. They say, well, the business has always been here. It's always going to be here. No, times are changing now. Now we have the Internet. I mean, I can't believe you can go to Warby Parker and buy prescription lenses online. You can buy shoes online. You can buy everything online. I mean, I don't like going to the stores. Now, I'm not a big fan of Amazon. I order my books through Books A Million, not a sponsor of the show. But the thing is, if you're just going to sit there and go, you know what? It's it's always going to be here. You're sadly mistaken because this was happening before COVID hit. This happened during the recession in 2008. Happens every year. People are like, okay, how can I be uh, this company? For example, right now, one of the hottest apps out there is Clubhouse. Well, guess what? Facebook is coming up with their own version. Twitter is. LinkedIn is. And now I don't think Clubhouse can be along, around very much longer. They started it, but you got these big behemoths are saying, hey, great idea. We're going to steal it from you. So you cannot be complacent in your industry. You've always got to be figuring out how can I get better every single day? Because if you don't, somebody's going to go right past you, take your clients and going to leave you in the dust. Yeah, absolutely. And that's pretty much what happened in um, in the times of crises, the reason that these people have um, done better, many companies have done better, was specifically because they were not afraid to take a little time and see an opportunity in the crisis. That's good. An opportunity in the crisis. I got to write that down because that is key. Opportunity. You can tell when someone's writing something down, they repeat it out loud. Opportunity in the crisis. Because that, that is key. And now I want to ask you, because you deal a lot with startups. 
What are some of the mistakes that people make? Now, you've already touched on a little bit of it, you know, complacency. You talked about the money issue. What are some of the mistakes maybe you talk about in the book that people make? Because everyone, everyone has ideas. Ideas are a diamond dozen. Anybody come up with an idea, it's the execution. So taking the idea and putting it to work, that causes people problems. Because you can sit around and have a glass of wine or a beer with your buddy and come up with a million ideas. But what are some of the big mistakes you've experienced with clients and in the world at large when people create their own startup? So I've worked with um, startups. Um, and when I say startups, I don't just mean tech startups. I've worked with tech startups as well. I've worked with companies looking for investor capital and things like that. Um, but I'm talking also about just people having an idea for a business and just trying things out, exploring an opportunity. And a client of mine, one of my best clients, um, told me a couple of years ago, he said, Tatiana, um, accountants don't start businesses, visionaries do. So the reason is that accountants usually just run the numbers really quick and think, oh, okay, that doesn't make any sense. The numbers don't, don't work. And then you don't pursue that idea. Visionaries live on that vision, on that hype, um, and that's I th that I think is when they often get into trouble um, because they refuse to see the signs. They refuse to run the numbers to understand how they can make that work, despite you know maybe numbers not looking that great. Um, so the reason I actually wrote the book was specifically because of that. Because over the past three or four years, I stopped working really with people who are just starting out because usually their budgets are low, which is how it should be. Budgets are low. They can't afford someone like me. But what I also realized was that they desperately need someone like me. They need expertise of someone like me. And the book was my way of filling the void. So because clients that would come to me, you know, after they've already maybe made some mistakes maybe uh, lost some money, uh, maybe lost some some peace um, um, and that kind of stuff. When they would come to me, I would look at their stuff and I would think, oh my God, I wish they just started better. Mm. Um, so the book is actually as a came as a result of that. I have a lot of client stories. It's in plain English so that you can relate to that and understand what other people are going through. So the most, I guess the most critical or biggest mistakes that uh, business owners starting out uh, make is, I mean, there's a ton of them, but I'm going to start with not putting not enough thought into running the math, simple math. How are you going to build people? Who's your ideal client? Why would they pay you? Mm. What are your costs? Ongoing, fixed, you know, variable costs, variable costs are the ones that differ based on production. You know, if you're a designer um, you hire a couple of designers to help you out with the designs. That's a variable cost because if you don't have a project, you don't pay for the hours um, and things like that. So just a simple step of running the numbers. And if the numbers don't work, what can you do to make them work? Maybe you should rethink your business model. Uh, maybe raise prices. Uh, pricing is another thing. I mean, and I'm guilty of that too. And I think that every single professional is guilty of that. Um, and every single business owner not charging enough mm -hmm. prices. Oh, this company charges this much. So I'm going to charge that much. Well, actually there's a whole thing of price psychology, things that actually tell you how people make buying decisions based on price. Why not learn about it? Why not understand how your pricing strategy is going to develop? 
Uh, I mean, there's a ton more, but like, think my personal pet peeve in the U.S. Um, tax laws, kind of uh, as they relate to U.S., is not putting enough um, thought into choosing the right entity. You Google, oh, you should be an LLC. It's the easiest one, but the fact of the matter is, LLCs will cost you the most amount of tax. So that's fine. Start with an LLC. But then if you don't know that you should switch to something else, uh, maybe once you hit a certain threshold, my threshold is 50 grand. If you're making over 50, convert it to an S-corp, potentially. Um, There's no cookie cutter solution for everyone. But people try to save money and Google the stuff and get, you know, um, one of those legal websites to form that for them. But then they that they come to me and they've been wasting you know fifty sixty thousand dollars in tax every year because of an LLC like that's heartbreaking for me. So um, just those are just to name a few. Well, I I appreciate you sharing that with us because one of the things I see when people start is they're trying to get it right right out of the right of the box, and if you're doing a startup for the first time, you're not going to get it right. I mean. There's not a single entrepreneur out there that got it right the first time. Nobody. And you're going to make mistakes. So give yourself some grace. Do the best you can. But understand, you're not going to create a product that's going to be the next Amazon or the next uh, Tesla. It's not going to happen. So what I think you should do is manage your expectations and realize okay, this is a dream I have. This is the idea I have. I think I have my ducks in a row, but you may get out and start the race and fall flat in your face. Don't get upset. This guy, okay, well, what can I learn from that? And I think that's one of the things I think people tripped up. They won't release anything unless it's perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect product or service in the entire country, in the entire world. So give yourself grace and understand that you will trip up and celebrate that, learn from it, dust yourself up and go forward. I think you agree with that. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to MrProductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are a couple of things that can minimize the monetary damage. And that's why also I wrote the book so that when you will make mistakes, there's no question about it. But I think that many people just live off of that hype of an idea of the bright future, the shiny object syndrome, um, and don't spend time thinking about their business. Like actually thinking about, there's a book called, um, I love this book. It has the funniest title. It's called The Road Less Stupid. Um, (laughs) It's actually, (laughs) it's actually about um, giving yourself, forcing yourself to spend time every week thinking about different questions about your business gives you the questions, gives you the examples. It's a a terrific book and I recommend it, highly recommend it to everyone. But um, spending some time thinking about your business, that's like number one, number one thing that will allow you to actually um, have less mistakes, Hmm. spend, waste more or less money than, you know, and and really learn from mistakes, but not um, have to shut down, for example. Yeah. By the way, Behind you is a sign. I just cut, it just caught my eye. Never underestimate the power of a girl with a book. I love books. My problem with books is I don't have enough time to read them. Okay. I've got so many books that I want to read, but I've got a business to run, but I love books and I'm a print loving guy. So when I go on an airplane, 
I'm bringing print books. But Mark, you can bring 100,000 books on the Kindle. You're really going to read 100,000 books on your vacation. No, you're going to read two or three. So I bring those books with me. Do you prefer print or electronic books? I actually usually buy an audiobook and a print book. Oh, really? So audiobook, yeah, I usually listen through it and, and kind of like, oh, okay, I should come back to this chapter. And then I take the physical book and, uh, I mean, maybe it's not the right thing to do, but I highlight the things that I need and I... <laughs> That's amazing. And I take notes. I, I love that. My problem is I used to be a fan of audiobooks, but then I'd be out I'd only listen when I was out running. Because I run every day. And I'm like, shoot, I need to I'm not I am I'm running. I'm I'm running. I how am I gonna take the notes? So I decided, okay, Mark, let's just go back to print books and that way you can mark it up. So I, I love books. I, I love that sign. Okay. So before we wrap up the episode, I'm going to ask you where you can find out about your book and what you're doing in the world. We're going to do this thing that you said you're game for. It's called Mike swap, where I give you the opportunity to be the temporary host of the Mark Chesky podcast. You don't have to say my last name. Don't ask me social security number, credit card numbers, but you can ask me literally any question you want in the world. If I don't know the answer, I'll say, Hey, I don't know the answer, but it can be about sports, productivity, business, whatever. Uh, I just, it just helps me as Stephen Covey says to sharpen the saw. That's not exactly what he's saying, but it, it keeps me on my toes so I can do better questions and answers when I speak. So Tatiana, you are the temporary host. One to three questions. It's all yours. Go. All right, Mark. So um, tell me, in your work with clients, with your clients, how what is the transformation that they experience? Where do they start when they come to you? And how do they come out on the other side? When they come to me, they are so overwhelmed with their schedules, with their to-do lists, with their projects, their tasks. They're just so overwhelmed. They're stressed. And of course, stress leads to physical and emotional pain. And when they come out the other side, they feel like they see a sunset for the first time. They feel so much freedom. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can actually start my side hustle now. Oh, my gosh, I can actually go go to the dog park with my dog and not feel guilty about it because I untangled the web that they're in. So that's the transformation people go from overwhelmed to free. That's awesome. I love that. What about when you started your own thing, when you started being your own boss, what was the one thing that really surprised you? Something that you didn't expect? I was not aware of how much of a control freak I was. Uh, my wife is in the travel industry, and so she lost her job in the March of 2020 due to COVID. And it took me six months to begin to let her do some work in the company. Like she does all the podcast processing. And like when I write a newsletter or a blog post, she does all that stuff in the behind and does all the maintains the back end stuff. But I was such a control freak. I, it shocked me how much of a control freak I was because I didn't want to let it go as my baby. And I was holding everything with a tight fist. But the problem is what I really need to do is create content, whether a podcast or a course, something like that, and let her do the other stuff. Once I started letting it go, I started feeling less overwhelmed and anxiety like I just talked about. And I was able to be more creative and produce more content because I didn't have to worry about all the other stuff. That's awesome. I love it. I think it's great. Um, and yes, uh, I think we discover a lot of things about ourselves when we start our own businesses, right? <laughs> yes. And then the last question is, I guess, um, if you could talk to your younger self, what would be one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self um, 
life, business, anything. I'm a really big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, not his potty mouth, but of his, of his words. And one thing I would tell my younger self, if I go back to like 2001, 2002, and I think I was like in my mid twenties, I would say, slow down, be patient, enjoy the journey. In my twenties and thirties, I was always in a hurry for the next thing, the next client, the next class, the next job. I was always in a hurry. Now I'm 55 and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm still loving life, but why was I in a hurry to get here? You know, we all went through this. I can't wait to get out of elementary school. Can't wait to get a high school. Can't wait to get a college. Can't wait to get married. Can't wait to have kids. Can't wait the kids to move to the house. And we're always waiting for that thing. And I wish I, I, I'd go back and tell myself, look at this, slow down, take a breath, be patient. Everything will work out when it's supposed to work out. But I was trying to rush things. So let me flip that on you before I ask you where we can find out more about you. What would you tell a younger? I mean, you're young. I'm looking at you right now. You're you're a young gal. But if you can go back and talk to yourself many years younger, what would you tell yourself? Um, I would tell myself to, like you said, enjoy the ride. I'm also I also found myself rushing, not kind of like the next big project kind of, but just in general, oh, I don't have enough, like, I don't want to wait another year to make this happen. But really, um, relax and, and understand that whatever I do in life is a journey, not a destination. Yes. And that's kind of, yeah, that's something that I learned. Um, and I'm still learning. Absolutely. Well, thank you for participating in Mike Swap. The final question I have for you is where can we go find out where what you're doing in the world and how we can get in touch with you? Um, I think the best place is my website, um, talktotatiana.com. You can get my free guide. You can learn more about the programs. The book link is also there. And I think that's the best place to connect. Excellent. Well, Tatiana, I thank you so much for being in the show. Absolute thrill to have you on here. We talked about a lot. And don't forget, listener, it's not against law. You can re-listen to this episode again. It's okay. You can listen to it as many times as you want. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, I missed it. It's recorded. It's up there forever. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Mark, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.